Do you know the true story of Jesus? Well, Gino Paulino thinks he does. Stay tuned here at Book Circle Online as we sit down with author of the new book, The True Story of Jesus. Don't go anywhere. BookCircleOnline.com. This is Book Circle Online, featuring in-depth discussion, insight, news, and commentary on all the world's leading book titles and their authors. And now, Book Circle Online. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to another edition of Book Circle Online. I'm your host, Katerina Kazayas. You can find me at Kazayas Katerina on Twitter and Katerina Kazayas on Instagram. And I am joined here today by Gino Paulino. Gino, welcome to the program. Thank you so much, Katerina. I am excited to have you here because you have a new book that's come out, and it is called The True Story of Jesus. Now, Gino... Yes. The story of Jesus is one that has been told throughout the ages. Yeah. You have a very different take on his story. Yes, I do. Before we get into what that is, mm-hmm. uh, I want to recap for the audience. Uh, for those of you who may not yet have read this version of the story, uh, what it's about before we delve into the details, because there are so many details, mm-hmm. Gino. Uh, a few things that stuck out to me uh, about this book that I just want to premise for the, the audience. Uh, number one, that Jesus was actually from a very wealthy family of royal lineage, directly descendant from the King of David. Mm-hmm. Uh, point number two that you make in the book, that between the ages of 13 and 29, Jesus actually traveled away from the Middle East. He went up into England, studied with the droids, and then took the trail east into Persia, into Babylonia, into Nepal, Tibet, India, where he studied with Hindu masters mm-hmm. That's right. before coming back, at which point he shared a lot of his wisdom. Mm-hmm. There's a bunch of things in between that we're going to get to. Uh, and then was crucified. But he didn't die. And by that, I don't mean he didn't ascend into heaven. What I mean is... He faked his own death in order to assure his survival. And he did this with the knowledge of Pontius Pilate. This is a fascinating, fascinating take on the story of Jesus. Gino, where does this come from? Katarina, it's come from uh, about 50 years of research. I grew up on the uh, the altar in the Catholic Church uh, as a schoolboy, and I uh, always wondered. I had so many questions uh, when I was a... Uh, a, a young man growing up in the Catholic Church. First of all, where was Jesus uh, all right. those years? Uh, the so-called lost years. Mm. And uh, they just simply never had very good answers for us because they didn't know. And it really, it's only since we've been blessed with the Internet that mm. all this information has come forth and we've been able to... Uh, really connect the dots. Absolutely. Now, anything, first of all, I want to say that anything that, that uh, is in this book... You can close your eyes and turn to a page and point, and you can find it on the Internet. For, for example, Joseph of Arimathea, mm-hmm. well, remember, he was one of the three, along with Nicodemus and John, carrying Jesus into the sepulcher after the crucifixion. So Joseph of Arimathea, it turns out he was uh, Jesus' great uncle. His mother Mary, her father Joachim, mm-hmm. uh, richest man in all of Israel, for one thing, his little brother is Joseph of Arimathea. Who is... Jesus' great, great uncle. uncle. Okay. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And he's, it's really uh, the story, uh, in many ways, is told through his voice. Mm. Uh, because as um, a young man, uh, Jesus, his, his own father, or guardian, we should say, 
uh, Joseph mm-hmm. passed away. And so Joseph of Arimathea uh, took charge of Jesus when he was about 12 in his education. As you indicated, he took him to introduce him to the Druids mm-hmm. when he was about 13. Now, how did, where was the source of, of, of Joseph? He was, he was one of the five wealthiest men on the planet. Mm-hmm. And he had high positions both in the Roman Empire mm-hmm. and in the Jewish uh, set power structure, the Sanhedrin. Okay. And those, those and his, you, you mentioned also he was friends with Pontius Pilate with whom he attended university in England hmm. uh, in the Druidic universities. Now, in those days... And we're talking 2,000 years ago. That's right. Right. The highest centers of learning in the day were Alexandria in, in Egypt, in Egypt yeah. and uh, in England with the Druids, a very high standard of learning. And Joseph Arimathea, he had a monopoly on the tin mines of Great Britain hmm. in the southwest of England and The Cornwall. source of his wealth. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. And from which the Romans made bronze, which was essential to their military machine. So, and he had a vast shipping network throughout the Roman Empire, delivering uh, these uh, ingots of tin to all ports of the Roman Empire. So he, he was, again, one of the wealthiest men in the, on the planet. Uh, his position in the Roman Empire is called Nobilis de Curio. We can all look it up. Okay. And uh, we understand that he was friends with Caesars of sure. Rome and friends with Pontius Pilate. And that's how he got it done. It was actually Joseph. Really, a uh, f- quick fast forward in that. Sure. Um, Jesus, uh, after uh, his education and his final initiation in the Great Pyramid of Giza, which we'll describe, uh, and his betrothal, in effect marriage to Mary Magdalene, he continued to teach and preach and heal and perform his miracles for the next three years until he incurred the wrath of the temple high priest. <laughs> and and what the, the, the trigger, Katerina, was um, when he raised Lazarus from the dead. Up until that time, the... Uh, they sort of left him alone and said, okay, frolic, Right, on do your way. Thing. You can heal and do your thing. Right. But once they start but. raising people in the day, okay, this, this man has to go. So during the course of the, his condemnation uh, in the Sanhedrin, Joseph of Arimathea, because of his position, he had a position in the Sanhedrin along with Nicodemus. Okay. And when they uh, sentenced Jesus to death... Uh, on the grounds of blasphemy, he calls himself the son of God, mm-hmm. that's equal to God in our world, that's blasphemy, and we're going to stone him to death uh, under our rules. So Joseph knew, I've got to do something quickly. Right. He's going to be stoned to death. As soon as they get hold of him, they're going to try him, and they're going to stone him. And he's him. done, right? Okay. Mm-hmm. So, uh, he so imme- they devised a plan. Right. Immediately went into action. So he, he uh, spoke with Nicodemus and uh, Jesus and Mary, Magdalene, his wife, and uh, John. And the plan was that he was going to convince the Sanhedrin, his peers in the Sanhedrin, to convince the high priests and the Pharisees, once you get hold of Jesus, which yeah. you will, because we're going to deliver him to you, yeah. uh, instead of just stoning him to death, I mean, really, he's going to end up just under a bloody pile of rock. Instead, we're going to have a public spectacle. He's a sorcerer, and he does all his impressive miracles with the power of Satan. We're going to repudiate this Jesus in a full public spectacle mm-hmm. and uh, you know, show gave the them, world. Gave them, gave them a, uh, a way of... Sedating him. Yeah. And uh, yeah. So what happened? That is exactly sure, right. Yeah. So um, instead of that, so decide. There's a there's a very powerful natural anesthetic called mandrake. Okay. So this is the key. So what it is, they say, okay, we're going to deliver Jesus to the temple guard on Thursday night. Now, why is that, Catherine? Mm-hmm. Because under Jewish law, the Passover was beginning, and no dead bodies could be on the crosses during Passover. Mm-hmm. So um, Uncle Joseph knew that if we can get him up on the cross... And get him down. Yeah, then we can get him into the sepulcher right. and uh, to safety. And safe, right. So it was orchestrated that Judas Iscariot, not a betrayer, he was part of the plan. Hmm. Who was in on the plan? 
Joseph Arimathea, uh-huh. pretty much his idea. Uncle, right? Nicodemus, yeah. John, Mary Magdalene, Jesus, wow. Judas Iscariot, uh, Pilate, and Pilate's chief of the guard. Mm-hmm. So he comes to the Sanhedrin and he convinces them, and look, you know, this is much more uh, an impressive way to, as they say, repudiate Jesus. Sure. I will have him, you know, crucified, reserved for the worst criminals, and we'll finally be finished with Jesus. Uh, so he uh, comes to uh, uh, Pontius Pilate and he says, okay, uh, and he convinces the Sanhedrin, once you get hold of him, which you will, we're right. going to have him crucified, we're going to have him be crucified. So he comes to Pontius Pilate, his old friend, he says, listen, Pontius, um, everybody but in the world loved Jesus, but he got himself in a little trouble with the Sanhedrin. Right. Uh, they condemned him to death, and he's going to be... Uh, oh, we need to do something. Mm-hmm. Okay. So I can guarantee uh, they're going to come to you in about a week or so yeah. and demand that he be crucified. Now we know there's no reason for Jesus to be crucified, or executed for any reason, sure. but they'll have him dead one way or another. So... Uh, Pilate, you've got to put on a bit of a show. Uh, you've got to insist, oh, no, he shouldn't be uh, executed for any reason. Right. certainly shouldn't be crucified. Right. And uh, ultimately... Which we know from the Bible is documented, you mm-hmm. know, the way Pontius Pilate dealt way with acted. this. Sure, exactly. Okay. Now, we, might, we also will know, if some, you know, do a little research all this, uh, and we'll discover that Pilate, was, was, he was recalled to Rome for cruelty. So <laughs> he didn't have any trouble uh, crucifying anyone, but it was all set up with Uncle Joseph. Uh-huh. He comes to him and says, look, so this is what's going to happen. We're going to deliver uh, Jesus in, in the Garden of Gethsemane. We'll have Judas Iscariot. He's going to withdraw from the Passover feast, bring the, the temple guard. They're going to see Jesus. Uh-huh. They're going to try him through the night, which they did. Right. And we'll, they'll have him up on the cross by nine in the morning. Okay. Uh, and um, then... By we'll, nightfall, he'll be down. He'll be down. Okay. Because what they're going to do, there's something, again, this powerful anesthetic called Mandrake. going to have Jesus up on the cross... And he's going to cry out for water around 3 in the afternoon. And they're going to give him a sponge. And it has vinegar, yes, but vinegar is a carrier for the mandrake. So Jesus takes one chomp on the sponge. So they were anesthetizing him when they were giving him... The sponge. Wow. Exactly. And so then Joseph Arimathea, according to plan, comes to Pilate and says, Well, Jesus is dead. And Pilate says, Are you sure Jesus is dead? No one dies on the cross after six hours. I'll send my chief of the guard to make sure. Chief of the guard's in on the plan. No. He said, yeah. Oh, and, and he gives him a little flesh wound, sure. which appears to be fatal, because everyone's looking and they say, oh my God, you know, the chief of the guards run him through. Right. Jesus is dead on the cross. So they say, okay, the he's chief of the guards said, he's dead. Clearly dead. Got him off the cross. Uh-huh. And so it's, who's getting him off the cross? Joseph Arimathea, uh-huh. Nicodemus, John. Team Jesus. Yeah. Right. And they carry him into the sepulcher, which is a burial vault, okay. recently carved, uh-huh. it states, states in the Bible, recently carved in the private gardens of Joseph of Arimathea. Now, guess what? His gardens are so large, he's got a rock formation in <laughs> which you can carve a burial vault. And he's a billionaire, as we were call. Right. His mansion is right over there. So sort of secret garden pathway uh, to... Right, but then uh-huh. the back of the sepulcher, yeah. there's a tunnel... Front, with the secret rock door that opens into the tunnel, okay. and there's a tunnel that goes to his mansion about right. 250 feet away. So the plan is get, get him into the sepulcher, yeah. roll the great stone over, okay. and Joseph knows that under uh, Mosaic law, you need two witnesses. Mm-hmm. Go ahead. Oh, no, no. I say at, at a, at, uh, to establish a fact. So we had to make sure that we had two guards guarding the sepulcher for the proceedings on Sunday morning. Okay, yeah, yeah. Okay, so they get him in there, and the Pharisees go, and they demand that uh, Pilate post two guards, otherwise the apostles are going to steal his body and say he ascended into heaven. So okay. this is according to the plan. Uh-huh. So they come to Pilate, 
and they say we demand two guards who guard the sepulchre sealed. So God, so Paz says, fine. Sure. You know, I'll send my chief of the guard who's yeah. in on the plan, and and uh, and they're guarding the sepulchre. Okay, it's all set up. So they get him, as I say, off the cross. He's in the sepulchre. They roll the stone. They revive him for you know a couple of hours. They they wrap him in the linens. Okay. And then when the time came. The women go and, to go, see uh, well, him. Well, they go through. They go through the, the tunnel, tunnel and, okay. and into the you know Joseph's house, uh-huh. and he's restored for you know all Friday night and Saturday. Saturday night, Joseph they welcome his Druid friend who's going to play the angel on Sunday morning at the sepulcher, and this is what it is. He's tall, you know, light skin, crystal blue eyes, right. long golden okay. hair. Uh, probably dressed in white. Dressed in white. Mm-hmm. And so we've got it set up. So there's a little avalanche of boulders. We know okay. the two guards are going to be fast asleep at 5 in the morning on sure. Sunday. Okay. So there's a little avalanche of boulders. They're going to wake up. The girls, Mary Magdalene, her girlfriends, are coming around the corner. And she's going to exclaim, you know, an angel. And this man, the Druid will proceed to say, you're looking for Jesus. He's risen from the dead. See the stone where he was laid? He's gone. You'll find him in Galilee. So the guards are awestruck. And the, and the girls, you know, they say, oh, my God, they, they look and they see Jesus sure. is gone. So they go to tell the apostles he's alive. And meanwhile, the guards go into the sepulcher. And, of course, Jesus is gone. And they're looking around. And they can't find him because they've gotten through the, right. you know, the secret door. Yeah, yeah. So they go back and they tell. <clears throat> now, this everyone. is this mm-hmm. is um, very different <laughs> oh, yes. in terms of those last three days oh, yes. than, than we've, you know, Christians have been uh, raised to believe. Oh, indeed. No, dude. But think about it. In the Bible, it actually says there's parts in the Bible, uh, and, and it's, it's right in here, nicely illustrated as well. Where in a, maybe a week or so after the crucifixion, mm-hmm. Jesus appeared in the upper room with all the other apostles. Mm-hmm. Well, he came in with John. John was in on it. By the way, so the other apostles knew nothing. It was okay. only John and Judas that knew. The other apostles didn't know anything. Okay. So Jesus showed. They said, "Oh, it's a ghost," and and said, they said, oh no, Jesus said, it is I, handle me. A spirit does not have flesh and bones as you see I have. Mm-hmm. In fact, I'm hungry. Do you have anything to eat here? And they fed Jesus and he ate in front of him. All those words are in the Bible. Yes. Talking about, and then Thomas wasn't there that night. And so they, Thomas comes back and he says, hey Thomas, you missed it. Jesus was here. Oh you guys, I don't believe you. I need to put my fingers in his wounds before I'll believe. A week later, Jesus shows up. Mm. Thomas has a fright. Well, because he appeared three times, right? Post, yeah, uh, but when we say appearance, and Je- but Jesus mm. keeps saying, hey, it is I. And Thomas, feel my wounds. Now, my question to See? you, my question to you is, where, how do you mm-hmm. confirm this? Great. With, this is a little detective work. Okay. Right? We've got, now that, that we've got the internet, we realize that Jesus, he survived the crucifixion at 33 and went on to live for another 50 years. Yes, according to your book, mm-hmm. Jesus lived until the age of 83. That's right. Uh, where he eventually died in India. That's right. After studying with the Hindu masters again. Mm-hmm. And continuing. And, mm-hmm. uh, and, and, and one thing you also touched on that I want to get back to, because yeah. the viewers may have heard this. According to your theory, mm. he was married to Mary Magdalene. Oh, yes. And they went on to have a daughter, That's right. Sarah, That's right. who was raised up in, in England and Wales. That's correct. Mm-hmm. Very interesting, because when Dan Brown, if, uh, if uh, you remember Dan Brown mm-hmm. and, and the Da Vinci Code, right. uh, there was a big uproar when that theory of right. such came out. Mm-hmm. And, and the evidence, I'm always looking for the evidence okay. here. What's the best evidence? Right. And it's always this uh, alabaster jar. You see Mary Magdalene, she has this alabaster jar. Now, what's okay. what's jar? with the alabaster jar? Yeah, what's in the do jar? tell us. The alabaster jar is the spike nerd oil. Okay. That is the sacred anointing oil mm. of the dynastic bride. That's the special oil with, with which she, she anoints her betrothed. Mm. 
Now, there's a, well, I want to explain that the two-step marriage of a dynastic heir, such as Jesus, they were, he was a royal prince, okay. and she was a royal princess. And so the horrible things I said about Mary Magdalene, okay, we won't repeat them here. We'll get back to she that. She was a royal Hasmonean princess. Uh-huh. In fact, her, the name Magdala actually means tower, mm-hmm. and Mary of the Tower. And when we say Mary of Bethany, yes, Mary Bethany, they owned Bethany. She, <laughs> they also, they were a royalty. A little different than the that, historic depiction exactly, of. Exactly, right. right. So they were, this is a royal marriage. But with a dynastic heir, she had to be, after the betrothal, mm-hmm. which means to promise by one's truth, they were in effect married on our terms, where there's to be intimate, and, but she had to be pregnant for three months to complete the marriage contract. Uh-huh. Was that typical of the day then? Yeah, be, for a dynastic heir. Okay. Because if she couldn't get pregnant, sure. sorry, sweetheart, got to move on because I need to have an heir. Okay. On oh, royalty. Interesting. So they don't, they don't even uh, commit until, until you're proven yeah. to be able to carry my child. Right, and that's uh-huh. final. So that happened six days before the crucifixion, that scene where Mary Magdalene comes and she says, Sweetheart, guess what? You know, you know uh, I'm pregnant three months. You're anointed. We're married. And she's crying with tears of joy. I'm, I'm so happy to be your wife, and we're finally married. And she, she's uh, washing uh, his feet. Yeah, you know, washing right? his feet with her tears. That's when she's announcing we're married. You see, there's a beautiful picture of her, mm-hmm. uh, that anointing. It's a stained glass that's in the book. Okay. And of course, there's Mary Magdalene, pregnant as can be at the cross. You'll see that picture as well. Uh, so yes, he answered yes, they were married. Well, and, and one of the theories, too, is that, and I think you touched on this in your book, that the Last Supper was actually not the Last Supper. Rather, it was a marriage ceremonial dinner. It was a wedding feast. Right? Indeed. In fact, Leonardo da Vinci's beautiful paintings of, mm. of the so-called Last Supper was a painting of the wedding feast. She finally was pregnant. She announced to Jesus just six days earlier, mm-hmm. sweetheart, you know, we're finally married. I mean, you know, and there's always She's trying. excited at this point. <laughs> yeah, right. And so there they are. Some beautiful uh, paintings right. there. Speaking yeah. of some beautiful paintings, so, I'm not, sorry to interrupt no, you, we no, do yeah. have some photographs. Uh-huh. Uh, your book, the book for those of you at home, is riddled with just stunning photography. Mm-hmm. We're going to put it up on the screen for you in just a moment. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that, uh, in addition to the story, which is mm-hmm. incredibly engaging, mm-hmm. The photographs are yeah. stunning. Where did you source these photographs? How long did it take you? Uh, yes. We're going to get some rolling up here, yes. as I mentioned on the screen. Oh uh, Yes. What happened was I wrote all the words so that you're reading as a treatment uh, to write a screenplay. Mm-hmm. Here we have a picture of her pregnant. Yeah, we just had that Yeah, there. if you want to go, uh, yeah, you, oh, we do. Yep. It'll be yep, yep. a little There'll bit be, further along scrolling the way. behind we'll, us. We'll put sure. it out. But... Um, it started, as I say, as a treatment for a screenplay. And, okay. Uh, the book started as mm-hmm. a screenplay. Uh, yeah. Explain that story to me. Well, it's a treatment. In other words, I, what I did was I, uh, I wanted to write a screenplay to make the movie. Now, you've been researching this, you said, for almost 50 years. Yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. And thought, hey, I'm in Los Angeles. Yeah. Let's make this into a movie. Yes. Would make a fascinating movie. Yeah. All right. And, and so I created the treatment for the screenplay, and then I thought, let me start adding a few pictures into this book. And the pictures started pouring into my world by the hundreds. Mm. All the most beautiful images of Jesus, Mary Magdalene. I mean, there's pictures of her in stained glass Mm. and of him and the statues. Well, the most famous artists of our time, of of all time, Mm -hmm. have painted this story. Absolutely. In in various facets. It is. And all, all of the paintings... Uh, were were done and uh, the uh, all the sculpture and and uh, were done to illustrate this story. But this is the first time I'm aware of where it's all been put together mm-hmm. for all of us to enjoy in this way. You, you you get to listen to the story, but also you know see all the wonderful pictures. And as, as you indicate, some of the pictures go back to the 1200s, the right. 1300s. 
And so the screenplay mm-hmm. has turned into a book, yeah, which, which may still turn into a oh, movie. Oh, yeah. It'll, it'll go back. I'm writing, actually writing the screenplay now. Uh-huh. Yeah, I've got a friend. He's making movies now, and uh, he told me, he said, you know, you've got a, you've got a winning uh, project here. Yeah. It's, uh, but he says you have to spend $100 million. You have to do it right. Okay. And he said, uh, but it's a, over a billion dollars movie uh, because we're, we're reaching mm-hmm. out to everyone. I mean, my audience for this, Katarina, is... Well, 2.2 billion Christians, hmm. including 1.2 billion Catholics, of which I'm a member, okay. a billion Hindus hmm. who also referenced re- Jesus. Jesus and uh-huh. honored him as a holy man, a prophet, and a saint, uh-huh. uh, 500 million Buddhists who also revered him as a holy man, a prophet, and a saint, and 1.5 billion Muslims who also revered Jesus as a holy man, a prophet, and a saint, well, and, and mentioned him 150 times in the Quran. Gee, I was going to say, Jesus is mentioned in the Quran, yes. Huh. Uh-huh. In equal status with Muhammad. Hmm. So they honor Jesus. That's something I've learned in my, just, my uh, research. I didn't, wouldn't learn that in a Catholic church. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, uh, yeah, so but w- the illustrations are just wonderful. Mm-hmm. And uh, for me, it's, it's always, a, uh, for all of us, uh, the book is so easy to read. Uh, a nice big print and the, the images now, just pull you right Now, I'm going to go right back through. to those lost please. years for just a moment. Yes, please. Um, so Jesus comes sort of into adolescence. Right. And is sent by his uncle mm-hmm. up to continue his studies to become uh, schooled in different different ways of thought. That's right. Exactly right. Now, What, what led mm-hmm. you to understand that he went up to England first? Um, there, if you, anyone looks up uh, right now in the video, Google the words uh, Jesus... Uh, in, in in England, okay, and you'll find video. There's a William Blake wrote a famous poem, uh, and it talks about Jesus walking over the hills mm-hmm. of England, and he was there. And, he, and there's lots of other evidence because his uncle, you know, had the tin mines there, right. and they brought Jesus uh, okay. there. So uh, there's that evidence, and then you'll see in the book there's actually a map where he goes along the old Silk Road mm-hmm. as you just described. You know, he starts in. Syria, mm-hmm. and then on into Babylon, into Persia, and finally into India. And and we also understand that, uh, well, an important point that, that I discovered along the way is that Jesus was in a scene. Now, he, first of all, he was royalty. He said, well, okay. he's royalty. What about his father was a carpenter? What about all that? What, what's an Essene? An Essene. Mm-hmm. For, uh, for yes, what an Essene is. Um, first of all, they were, uh, they were a group of uh, very highly evolved spiritual beings. Mm-hmm. They lived in harmony with the Sadducees and the Pharisees of the day, okay. but they lived apart. And they were, first of all, they were uh, strict nonviolence. Mm-hmm. Um, they never ate any animals, no matter what we've all heard. They never drank any alcohol, no matter what we've ever heard. Men and women were equal uh-huh. in their world, which was very different than any other sure. association of men and women I know of then <laughs> or now. Even still, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they knew a lot about crystals, okay. and they cast horoscopes. The three wise men that came from different countries, mm-hmm. they were all Essenes. Okay. That's right. And so... And Jesus wasn't a scene? Jesus wasn't a scene. Uh-huh. Okay. But he studied, again, he studied with the Jains from age 14 to 15, who taught mm-hmm. men and women were equal. Okay. He studied in the great Jagannath Temple in Puri in, in India from 15 to 21, studying mm-hmm. Hinduism, wow. from Hindu master. 21 to 27 in the Buddhist temples up in the in the Himalayas. In 28, he studied, He went to Greece and studied Plato, Socrates, Aristotle, Hermes, Pythagoras, back to England uh, to finish his studies with the Jews. And then finally, his final initiation in the Great Pyramid of Giza. 
So you're saying Jesus was in the Great Pyramid? Oh, he was indeed. What was he doing in there? Well, (laughs) it was his final initiation. And and what we learn about Jesus and the Essenes is that the Essenes and the Druids were both outposts of Atlantis before Atlantis went down Hmm. about 10,500 BC. And how do we know that? Well, we there, there's a lot of evidence that the the Atlanteans built the pyramids. First of all, the pyramids they built them rather than the Egyptians. Yes, no, okay. the Egyptians. You'll find if you look in the book, you'll see when the Egyptians built a temple, they cover the interior with hieroglyphics, all okay. kinds of characters. Sure. Inside the, the king's chamber, nothing. Oh. The other thing, what we learned, and again, I like having mm, the evidence in the rock. That's where I like my evidence. Okay. And this is, <laughs> talk, talk to me about the rock. The rock is in the Great Sphinx. Okay. And someone, the archaeologists finally looked up from the ground and looked at the Sphinx and they realized that the rainwater had eroded the Sphinx mm. and there was only that much rainwater on the Giza Plateau 10,500 years ago, which corresponds with the final cataclysm oh. at Atlantis that sent Atlantis Sinking into the sea. Into the sea. Mm-hmm. Okay. But the elders knew before Atlantis went down. Mm. And they built the, the pyramids by means of light and sound. They Meaning? use light for lasers to mm-hmm. cut the stones mm-hmm. as we would today and sound to levitate the stones which we're rediscovering and they put them together like children's building blocks wow. and in those days they were covered with white limestone yes. mm-hmm. and capped with massive clear quartz pyramids they were built as power generators and initiation chambers and so Jesus we, the entrance was through the paws of the great sphinx sure. underneath the Giza Plateau we've got diagrams and there's a huge temple underneath there and Go ahead. Now, my question, sorry to interrupt no, you, you. Then what I'm wondering is, if this is the case, why was none of this documented in the Bible? Well, because um, the Bible was constructed by Emperor Constantine about 300 years later. Hmm. And that's where we get, actually, our Catholic Church and our Bible. We can thank Emperor Constantine for that. I'll have a quick sidebar if you want to. Sure, I'm yeah. sorry to interrupt you. Yeah, yeah. No, it, it tells, uh, explains all, a lot. First of all, what ahead. I'd like to know before we get to Please that go. as well, yeah. uh, were you a history major then? Clearly history is your fascination. It is, yes. I, I Well, I, yes, I, I've been a history. I, uh, I mean, you, history you, you have become in, one. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I have been, yeah. I studied poli- political science, philosophy, okay. yeah. sociology, so history, okay. yes, history, oh, sure. all of it, exactly. I've been fascinated with with the way people associate all the different cultures, the different religions. Uh, I was fortunate enough uh, as a child uh, to have the exposure. My mother sat me down with a you know, big time-life book we had in those days, and she took me, it was called The, the World's Great Religions. Okay. My mother walked me through all the religions mm-hmm. and taught me how we all have mutual respect for all the religions. Okay, which is a very important mm-hmm. message. Absolutely, Absolutely and is. she said that people have different beliefs, and we have to have mutual respect for all different beliefs, mm-hmm. and at the end of it all, she said, and there are some people who don't believe in God at all, mm-hmm. and they're called atheists, and we also give them mutual respect as well. Mm-hmm. So this is my household mm-hmm. that I grew up in, a very, and my mother was also fascinated with the pyramids in Egypt, so I grew up with all that as well. Right. Yeah, so I had, and growing up on the altar as an altar boy. Mm. So how do you as a Catholic um, mm-hmm. grapple with the, the religious teachings of your youth yeah. versus the evidence that you're you know bringing to us today? How Do, do, do you mm-hmm. reconcile that at all? Do you need I to? I do. I understand what, where it came from, and that, that is, again, we'll go back to Constantine for just a couple of minutes. Sure. He comes to the throne of the Roman Empire, okay. and uh, he has competing economies, he has competing religions, mm-hmm. so he wants to uh, solidify his position. And part of what he does, he integrates the three three main religions of the day. Okay. One was dedicated to Dagon, 
and it was the ancient fish god. And the priests would actually wear these an entire fish on their head. And even today, the papal mitre yes, is a replication okay. of that 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 fish god. So that, along with Christianity, and we know that pretty well, Jesus and his teachings, and then we have Mithraism. Now, Mithraism involved the slaying of a bull, okay. a weekly slaying of a bull, hmm. a sacrificial meal where they're eating flesh and drinking blood hmm. and washing it all down with a goblet of wine. Okay, very different from the Essenes. Yeah, the Essenes, <laughs> exactly, right. And this was a soldier's religion. It was okay. practiced in what they called Mithraim, M-I-T-H-R-A-E-M, Mithraim, and they were underground caverns. Oh, and no women allowed, no women allowed. This was a soldier's religion, okay. and again, involving this weekly blood sacrifice. Uh, and so the soldiers had to have that. And my sense of it all is that the soldiers were committed to a blood sacrifice because they had to appease that particular God so to make sure that they didn't become the blood sacrifice. Mm. So as long as we've got a blood sacrifice going every week, okay. the bloodthirsty God will what be What did appeased. Constantine think of this? He said, we need to integrate these with okay. Christianity uh -huh. and with this other religion dedicated to Dagon. So we end up with a Catholic church with them all dressed in dedicated to Dagon, along with, it was in effect a, a, a sun worship hmm. religion, Mithraism. Because didn't the church split in the 1400s? It did. Okay. And the reason... I'm jumping ahead a thousand years. No, exactly right. <laughs> and the reason for that, again, uh, it has to do with the blood sacrifice. Now, okay. Jesus taught against blood, blood sacrifice. Mm -hmm. And, of course, he never drank any wine and... Uh, uh, you can't kill an animal without violence, <coughs> and they were nonviolent, so they were just strictly against that. So, how did he reconcile these? these yeah, all these. Well, he created what's, what's known as our Catholic Mass, okay. where, um, according to the teachings, uh, there's something called transubstantiation. And the Catholics believe that the form and substance of the bread and wine actually transform. The substance transforms transubstantiation into the flesh and blood of oh, Jesus, Jesus. Okay. then to be consumed. And uh, Which sounds the, very anti Jesus to me. It does, completely. Given what we had talked about yeah, a little bit earlier. Before, yeah, right. I mean, you never see Jesus slaughtering an animal. Uh, mm -hmm. They won't. Uh, he, and again, well, what, Jesus, Gino, what about the Last Supper? You know, what about that? You know, what about the Last Supper? If they don't drink and they don't, you know, yeah. where, where's the wine coming yeah, from? Yeah, where right. coming from. Now, it's interesting. You'll see. Uh, if you go and you look at Da Vinci's uh, a painting of the Last Supper, you'll notice there's no chalice on the table. I haven't noticed that. Yeah, there's no there's no goblet on the table. Uh -huh. So he's telling us something, and uh, uh, we're learning more and more about sure. it. And again, this this was for for Constantine, and he transformed all the the uh, the ancient uh, religion. You know, Apollo and Jupiter and sure. Dionysus, yeah, yeah. all the gods and goddesses, into the saints. Hmm. And it was for him. Now, the other thing he did was, that's really quite a move. I've actually, uh, this book is half written about Constantine. Okay. And uh, this is what he did. He takes off his imperial crown and he puts on the Pope's hat, hmm. Papal Mitre. Then he transforms his Roman Senate into his College of Cardinals. Nice hmm. move. Then he transforms all the governors throughout the realm to his archbishops. Now, up until that time... You have the start of a religion. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Up until that, and he builds all these beautiful cathedrals. Now, up until that time, he had to tax the Romans to pay the soldiers to extract the 10% tax okay. by force and sure. fear of the sword. Now, he's got the archbishops and, the, and these giant cathedrals, and he herds everybody into the cathedrals. Okay. And he scares the hell out of them for the 10%. <laughs> <laughs> what, what I want to know, though, Gino, is mm -hmm. he's basing this religion partially on Jesus. It does, yeah. Um, 
was it because Jesus was revered as Jesus at the exactly, time? Exactly. And, and was that because we assumed that he had died? No, I, I should say, Catherine, uh, more that uh, the power of his teachings and the mm. power of his being. Now, th- what this book is about is, is not in any way disrespecting Jesus. In fact, I'm, I'm suggesting to one and all, embrace Jesus and mm. be more like him. If you want to be like Jesus, be in the scene. Mm. You know, take a vow of, of, of nonviolence. Mm. Let's decide not to eat animals. Let's decide not to drink alcohol. Mm-hmm. Let's make a point of, of uh, treating women with equality. And let's just start with that. Mm-hmm. That's tough for most people. It you is. Know. It is. Yeah. But if we, if we can be more like Jesus and we, reali- mm. we, we learn who he really was and that our mass and our gospel, well, I mean, our, our Bible. Mm-hmm. Well, Constantine at the Council of Nicaea, he gathered all of his bishops, you know, former governors okay. of the realm and said, okay, there's about 60 or 70 gospels out there. We've got the gospel of Peter and the gospel of Mary Magdalene. Paul and Luke. Paul, and right, Paul, yeah, Paul, yeah, yeah, yeah. We're going to take four. Okay. We're going to make that the Bible along with... No, the New know, Testament Bible. New, New Testament right. Bible. Yeah. We're going to carve out uh, reincarnation. We don't okay. teach that. Unlike any other, every other philosophical system known to man. Because we've, you've got one life and I'm the, the Pope and I own you body and now soul. <laughs> mm. Very, very powerful. Very and, powerful. And he continued to do so. And they were able to gain that kind of power. And it, it's, as well as the Catholic Church became very popular, became very popular because it's it's the Roman Empire. Right. The, the that Roman that Empire, was really geographically and physically yeah, in power. In power. Time, right. The, the Roman Empire became the Holy Roman Empire. Mm-hmm. And when he made himself Pope and also mm-hmm. the head of the empire, then kings and queens became subject to the Pope all through the ages. And wow. that's what we've got now. But what I want everyone to know is that, again, Jesus was in the scene, and, and if we want, we want to be more like him. Now, did sense. he bring some of that back if, in fact, he did travel east mm-hmm. um, and studied with, you know, under, under the teachings of Buddha uh-huh. and, and, and Hinduism mm-hmm. and, and some of those mm-hmm. older religions? Did he, because there is a common thread between mm-hmm. some of these teachings, and, mm-hmm. and, and by that I mean... Um, the, all of these religions believe in a higher power. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Uh, in a god of some kind. That's right. mm-hmm. and, uh, and so there, there must be a thread That's right. that runs through this. Do you feel that he brought that back with him? I think so. And, and I think that, that thread uh, is, um, first of all, and let me share this with you, and that is you mentioned the teachings from the East, when he, the so-called Beatitudes, blessed are the poor in the spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven, and, and we know this, this, uh, these passages. He brought all these teachings uh, back from the East you know, with him. And what we know as Christianity was really an amalgamation of all sure. everything. Because I mean, the Israelites, on. you know, did believe in a god, and oh, yes, you know, did. back with Moses and, and Noah and all of this. Mm-hmm. Um, but Jesus was bringing a different message, a different, and I think perhaps even a different god, because mm-hmm. the god of the Old Testament is one that well required blood sacrifice. They were mm-hmm. still engaged in blood sacrifice at the temple, mm-hmm. and Jesus taught against that, and he also taught that every person can. Uh, relate directly to God. Okay, we, how so? And that is, we can, he said, just go out into nature mm. and connect, speak to God directly. He said, no one needs any intermediary, neither animal, idol, temple. Or, or cathedral, priest. right. Or cathedral, <laughs> right. Okay. He said, please just, and you don't need a representative for, or a spokesman. Sure. You can talk directly to God and go into nature mm. 
and nature is our sanctuary. I feel that, um, to be honest with you. Mm -hmm. I uh, make a point in the mornings. I have yeah. a, a bit of a morning ritual that I yeah. go through, and, and part of what I do is I get out and I go for walks. Oh, good for you. In the morning. Um, and and one of the reasons is to you know keep, keep in shape, get a little blood circulation. Uh, but the second reason is really to feel connected right. to the earth feel connected right. to the universe and and i really do mm -hmm. and i miss it on those mornings that i can't I get do. out there i'm not a fan of going to yeah. equinox you know or, yeah. or gold's gym but get me outside and and you just i feel it so absolutely. i can i feel what you're saying about the sanctuary of nature absolutely uh, yeah. that in fact what you just described katarina that's the first initiation if you want to become in the scene <laughs> i'm becoming enlightened <laughs> the nature walk that's it really connect with all of nature mm. Feel all of nature. Mm. If you see the animals, speak to them and listen to their answers. Mm. You know, meditate toward the sun. And uh, do you uh, feel connected connect. to God? Oh, I do. Totally, mm. absolutely inspired every every day. Mm. You know, really every day. Do you feel as though there was some divinity behind your writing this book? Oh, absolutely. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. I feel like Jesus wanted his story told. Oh, and Mary Magdalene too. I say Mary Magdalene. She won. Well, poor Mary. Yeah, poor Mary. They thrashed <laughs> and, her. And, and clearly, yes. sometime between the time Jesus died and very recently, there has been a loss of the equality between men and women. Absolutely. Right? And that has Which a lot to do with it. Which is unfortunate. I mean... And it, see, they created the, the, an illusion. Now, now why, why did the, the uh, 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 Catholics insist that Jesus was celibate? Well, Mithra was celibate. So okay. that was required. But he mm. couldn't be married. They had to... They had to uh, destroy any evidence of that. That's why you might hear about this. Uh, uh, well, just in, in effect, they, they 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 had to keep this pristine picture of Jesus being you know this virgin mm -hmm. and not being married because again that was Mithraism. Mm -hmm. So uh, well, there's a there's a um, <laughs> common thread of virginity through the story of Jesus. Yeah, and instead of that, uh, he was you know he was madly in love with you know his princess and the love of his life. Right. They went on to have a daughter. That's right, uh, Sarah. Sarah. Mm -hmm. And the lineage was lost, though. Yeah, it, it was. Uh, there's been a lot of speculation, Katerina, that, that Sarah uh, married into the, uh, the, uh, the French royal line. Hmm. And that would have made sense, because they were royalty. And uh, when Joseph of Arimathea went back to England after the crucifixion, mm -hmm. uh, he was given uh, acres of land uh, by the king in, in that particular area. So they, mm. and again, they, they were they were all royalty. They uh, Jesus visited with the king of Kashmir when he was there in, in India. So mm. they ha oh, and they, of course wow. they, the three kings, you know, Melchior, Balthazar, and uh, with their frankincense and myrrh. Right, exactly. Mm -hmm. And uh, so again, he was royalty, mm. but lived very simply. So that's where uh, that confusion in some people's mind. Well, they were, we thought he was sort of a you know, carpenter. And they sure. were you must have critics. Uh -huh. mm, I haven't heard any critics yet. Uh, I haven't gotten out there perhaps. <laughs> yeah, maybe, they'll, maybe they'll surface. But so far, the, the response has been, oh, really? Hmm. Well, that's interesting. I never heard that before. It's more curiosity. Mm -hmm. And Katarina, I think, in so many ways, uh, the truth is being re revealed to us mm. uh, in, in so many subjects and around the world because of the Internet. And I was like, oh, yes, okay, a lot makes sense. And, again, I'm not the first one. You, people right. uh, can look sure. up the swoon theory or okay. supposedly What's Jesus. What's the swoon theory? The swoon theory is, again, it, it, all through the, the centuries. Or you, yeah. We can go back and look, you know, Jesus survived the crucifixion. There's been speculation mm -hmm. by mm -hmm. uh, dozens of people, mm -hmm. uh, different scholars, that they're trying to explain how uh, he may have survived. 
And the main thing is, okay, if we if we have all this evidence that he's known as Saint Esau, we know this is Jesus living for fifty years you know, all over India. Okay, so he, he was known as Saint Esau in the East. That's right. Okay, mm-hmm. he initially known as Yus Asaf, Yus Asaf in Persia when he first. Uh, survived the crucifixion, went to Persia, okay. and then from there uh, back to India, known as Saint Esau. Uh-huh. So, if it's sort of a detective story again, if he's alive and well before Pilate, and he's alive and well over here in India, it's like, well, what happened in the middle? Right. How how did it happen? And people have talked about there was some deal between his uncle and Pontius Pilate, but let's let's hear the details. Well, we'll right. give you the details. Wow, a really, a, I think, a pretty close approximation. You have given a lot of details. This volume is four hundred and thirty pages, I believe. That's right. Yeah, mm-hmm. and about and three hundred and thirty pictures. Three hundred and thirty pictures. Uh, I would urge anyone that is interested in this story to get a copy of this book because it's a fascinating read. Thank uh, you. It really is. And and as I said, the photographs are just beautiful. Did you have to get licenses for these photos? They're on the uh, in public domain. Are they? Yeah. yeah. Fortunately, yeah. Fortunately, mm-hmm. they're in public domain. So I'm looking at now, uh, you know, a picture of the hanging garden of uh, gardens of Babylon. Yes. You he, feel that Jesus passed through here? Oh yes, he, he would have gone through Babylon. Wow. Absolutely. And he would have seen the uh, the Tower of Babel and the hanging mm-hmm. gardens. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And he would have visited the different temples hmm. uh, along the way, uh, and. Uh, he lived a very rich and full life. Yes. Uh, if you look uh, to these, some of these pictures in, in Kashmir, uh, where he was, I mean, it's, it's like heaven on earth. I mean, here's the, all the temples, but then finally, this is this is where he made his mm. home in Kashmir. Mountain. I'm from uh, the Canadian Rockies, and Whoa. so when I got to these this set of photos, mm. yeah. they really reminded me of the beauty again of. Of nature, I'll put this up here. You probably can't see yeah. uh, a lot of these photos. Uh, for anyone that wants to go see them, mm. can be seen on Gino's website. Right. It's the True Story of Jesus dot com, right. and you have a, a beautiful photo gallery there. Yes, thank you. Um, mm. I I'm I like the internet, but I like physical books more. So oh, I, I preferred reading them here in the book. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you have a sense of continuing this story? Uh, well, what it is, it, I think it's uh, driving. Uh, driving uh, the movie right now because yeah. even though people uh, uh, a lot of people enjoy a book it's a lot easier and <laughs> most people fun. enjoy movies <laughs> yeah, want to sit back and watch a movie. Right, reading a book a little bit I, I work with Book Circle Online so I clearly am a book right. girl but I'm a book, girl, yeah, book, book, book guy, guy too, too. Yeah, yeah. but uh, uh, but sitting back and watching a great movie, I mean, oh, and really, and this is so rich. I mean, the whole story because yeah. it's the it's the story with which we're all so familiar mm-hmm. with the with the backstory going on all at the same time, and and, and and a new backstory that at, at the very least is going to get people thinking. Yeah, and I say yeah. do the research. Right. I mean, uh, a Jesus uh, accepted as a pupil in the Jagannath Temple in Puri, India. We can all look that up on on the wow. internet. And there you are, you know, mm-hmm. Jesus in England. Right. Jesus, his final initiation in the Great Pyramid of Giza. Now you do, you are going to get some critics that say you can't trust whatever's on the internet. Oh no. Uh, but at the same time, it is mm-hmm. a resource that you know is one hundred percent accessible, and and is the resource of today. Yeah. You know what I answer to that, Katarina? Is that is all? Don't just read one book or read or listen to one video. I mean, mm-hmm. read a lot I and mean, give yourself a few hours and right. then to see how things resonate mm-hmm. with you. Correct. And see, um, hmm. you have, you have uh, a great video made by the Indian government talking about where he was buried and how they've established pretty certain with certainty that he was buried there. And uh, Now, you did mention that you're writing a second book. You're writing a book on Constantine? About Constantine, yes. You are? Yes. Oh, fantastic. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Yes. 
Yeah, it is. It's it's really that's the uh, the genesis of our Catholic Church right. and of our Bible. Mm-hmm. You know, so I think we need to know that too. That story, yeah. absolutely. But uh, the um, I, I'm I'm suggesting to really to to five billion people on the planet, all my hmm. Christian brothers and sisters, to the Hindus, the Buddhists, and uh, also to the Muslims, that if we honor Jesus and and uh, consider him our master. Uh, and someone to emulate, then let's all be more like him. Mm. And again, be like in a scene. We'll make a vow of nonviolence mm. about a true woman. certainly we'll something that's needed in our time. Absolutely. It really is. Mm-hmm. Gino, our time is up. All right. Uh, it was a real pleasure having you here. Please let people know where and how they can find your book. Uh, on the website, thetruthfriofjesus.com. And uh, have a look. Go, yes. go through the website. You can read the six, first 62 pages for free. Right. Uh, and it'll get you hooked, I promise you that. Uh, for those of you that uh, want to stay connected with us here at Book Circle Online, remember that you can reach us uh, via our website, bookcircleonline.com. We also stream uh, via YouTube and iTunes podcast. So lots of ways to get a hold of us. Gino, it was a real pleasure having you Thank here you today. So I wish you all the very best of luck with this story and with the movie. Great. And with the new book. Yes. I love to meet people that are doing interesting mm-hmm. things. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you for being with us. Thank you, folks. We'll see you again next time. Thank you. Jason Squamata, executive producers Maria Menounos, Phil Svitek, and Kevin Undergaro. We would like to thank you for tuning in to Book Circle Online. For more discussion, go to bookcircleonline.com. And if you have comments, questions, or book title suggestions, write us at info at bookcircleonline.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this is Book Circle Online. BCO. Join the circle.